Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're listening today. As a matter of fact, today, November 2nd, when this podcast is released, we are either in the air on our way to Amsterdam, or we have landed and are making our way to uh, Ermelo to the Bible School Foundation for Life and teaching college students at yeah. the school. We have three cool sessions that? today that we are teaching. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, November 2nd, yeah, we are overseas. So thanks for listening. Pray for us. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. Yeah, I do too. And also pray for our wives while we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you know us, look out for our families. My mom came in town. So thank you, mom. If you're listening to this, um, this, this week has been so crazy getting prepared for Amsterdam. I know we recorded this a little bit before this trip, obviously, because we're not in the air recording. That'd be weird, yeah. but awesome. Yeah. Also and not just time. pray for us. An awesome thing you could do for us is leave a review while we're in Europe. Do it. Yeah, please do that. All right, question of the week. Well, we're doing the draft edition and we just had Halloween yep. two nights ago. My kids came home with a ton of candy and I'm sure your kids t- came home with a ton of candy. Too much when, candy. When they sleep, I take my favorite candy bars from them. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Jimmy Kimmel thing where he's like, wake up and tell your kids that you oh, ate yeah. all the candy and yep. get the reaction? I've done that the past couple years and my kids yeah, are not I, I've fans. I've seen the video you sent me. <laughs> kind of yeah, cruel, hilarious. actually. So draft top Halloween candy bars. Right. Not candy, as in like sugar candy, like yeah. chocolate. Chocolate. Candy bars. Candy you bars. get the first overall pick. Oh man, first overall pick. There is a lot of pressure with these a lot drafts. Of pressure. I'm not. I'm going to judge you based on your first pick. But I'm. I'm going to go. This is also a fan favorite. I did look up some blogs. I finally <laughs> did some research because you have like destroyed me in these drafts the last two weeks. And this is the number one selling candy bar of all time in the world. Hershey's. And so, no, it's actually not. Wow. It's M and M's. M and M's. I mean, so- I'm going M and M's number one, but that's both. What do you mean both? Like plain and peanut. What about like caramel and pretzel? I don't pretzel? know. It's just Did plain you just and get all of M&M's? I just in one got category? M&M's. You just know what? M&M's. Last week I got all of pumpkin. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you <laughs> You got so rattled by that. So I'm going to give you all Thank of Thank you. M&Ms. I appreciate that. Just M&M's, yeah. <laughs> all right, with my first overall pick, I'm taking I'm taking two iconic ones. I'm going to go Twix and Snickers. Nice. Man, I can't believe you left this on the board. I'm going to go with the original Hershey's chocolate. Huh. Wasn't even in my top five. And what this, I think you're voting for you this time. And I'm going to go with, man, I'm just going to throw this out there. Reese's peanut butter cups. I'm glad you, I was going to take Reese's next. I, I couldn't believe that wasn't number two. I almost took that as my number one. That Does that uh, include take five? No, I think, I think that's take a different five one. is Reese's. No, that's different. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure Reese's owns a lot of different brands and kinds of candy bars. This is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right. I'm, not Reese's Pieces. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, the cups. The, I'm not the, claiming the all greatest. Reese's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I did with all M&Ms. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, I'm going um, Milky Way, even though it's very much like Snickers. It's different and iconic. And you know what? I'm going to go the greatest of all time baseball player, Baby, Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Man, those are nice. You I can't last, believe you last... left this on the board. I'm going Kit Kat. Oh, I did forget about Kit Kat. Very and nice. I'm going to go, man, it's down between two for me right now. Um, which one will people like more? Oh, no, I already gonna... did a peanut butter one. So I'm going to go three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. All right. 
respectable. A- honestly, I'm looking at your list. Oh, I have one more pick. Yeah, you do. I'm going to go way off the cuff here. Probably, this is my international pick. And all my hockey buddies, if they even listen to this podcast, will thank me for this. I'm going to go Toblerone. Toblerone. And you know why this is? I'm just going to go and tell you the story. Toblerone is shaped like a triangle. Yep. And so it's like three fingers. <laughs> um, it, the hockey world, and if you're offended by this, I apologize. Yeah. When anybody would bend over, you would put your fingers into a triangle like this, your your three fingers, like a Toblerone, and you'd poke them in the butt, and you'd say, Tobe. <laughs> so give somebody a Tobe. It was a Toblerone. So it's an iconic candy bar, but it's yeah. actually delicious. It's a Swiss candy if yeah. you love Swiss. And no, I actually saw it on the list of like top 20 oh, really? all time. Yeah. But it I just mean, didn't crack the top 10 Honestly, for me. my, you know, 100 grand was right there because just that yeah. pretzel and all We of also it. didn't say Butterfinger. Yeah. That's because it's not in the top five. No. It's also, um, and I didn't know this. I don't think I've ever had this. Oh, Henry. Have you had an old Henry Never bar? Never even heard that of it. That made a ton of lists. Matter of fact, that made a lot of top five lists. Yeah. I don't know if that's like worldwide or something. I almost went with Heath Bar because my grandfather who passed Heath. away in 2018, it was his favorite yeah. candy. Yeah. But it's very like distinct. Very distinct. Like you have it's to like really a, enjoy it. It's like grandma's Werther's. Yeah. That's why like <laughs> for me, one of my favorite candy bars outside of M&M's is the Almond Joy. But a lot of people don't like coconut, so I'm not going to say that on yeah. this list. Yeah. You can't. Well, man, we're just talking about chocolate. Let's move on. Like. That was a good thing. I think I got it this time. Yeah. It's going to well, be closer this time. I don't know. I'm going to put it out there two. and we'll see. It is going to be way closer. You did get, I, I the blogs that I saw had Hershey's number one because yep. it's the most uh, sold candy bar in the world. Right. Yeah. And it's so, just original. We'll see is. what happens. Hershey, Kit Kat, M&M, Three Musketeer. And I'm feeling pretty good about all those. Yeah. We'll see. So part five. You have permission. First Corinthians six twelve is our foundational verse. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. First Corinthians ten twenty three. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is constructive. And again, we get asked questions all the time. Can I do this? this and so right. that's why we thought it was right. important to tackle. And we go to those few verses and we say everything. Yeah, that's hey, like the word we emphasize. Everything. Yeah, it's permissible. Is permissible. And this but today's topic is very interesting because we have some talking points. We also have some irony, and we'll close with irony. So if you like irony, stay tuned for this whole episode. But today's topic is you have permission to not come to church. And if you know us personally, we are two pastors who work in a church, right. have Sunday services, and here we are telling people that they have permission to not come to church. And I know we explained... When we talked about doing this, we kind of forgot that we kind of have an entire episode already right. on this topic, episode 10, in fact, the idea and the logic behind what we meant by stopping, uh, you, you have permission to not come to church. And it was actually something that, that you kind of shared to our staff that I'll kind of let you explain it because you had the yeah, well, incredible heart behind it. Yeah. Well, part of it was just stop inviting people to church and start inviting people into your life mm-hmm. because if they get to be a part of your life, they see how you operate. They see how you are the church, that the church isn't just something you go to. It's something that you are and it's something that you live out. And if we actually know and understand that like in our core, then we don't necessarily have to show up on a Sunday morning we have a different different perspective of, man, we really get to come together with other believers, our family, to worship, to be encouraged. And it's just a different mindset, like 
all around. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think the, the biggest part of that too, is I want to tell people you have permission not to come to church because I want you to know you are the church. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about again, going somewhere. And I know for me, a big part of kind of the ministry here at Hill city is to connect people to life. And we want to be people that connect others to life, which means a lot of that happens. And I would say most of that happens on your Monday through Saturday, not on Sunday mornings. And so Hill City is really built on um, taking the hill, what we are, who we are, to the city, to people. And Mm -hmm. so I've also told people, and this is what I've kind of been preaching to our team the last couple of years, and I think what you were trying to get at, is I talked about how Sunday mornings, they're going to stop being a pinnacle of what we do. They're just going to become a part of what we do. I think many people in the church world can understand most of your week is just spent on the buildup to Sunday mornings when people come through the doors, failing to realize that it's really more about the connection that happens outside of the doors every other day in the week that really builds up and empowers people. And so Yeah. And so if you find yourself in a season where it is absolutely draining to you and it's not giving you life, then maybe you need to question why. Yeah. I love that because are you going out of obligation or are you going because it gives you life and it feeds your soul? And that's that, that question also is another question I like to ask is like, are you a part of something that is beautiful? And is the organization that we call the church that you attend is that something that is beautiful? Is it building something beautiful? Are people attracted to the way that you live and are therefore wanting to be a part of the things that you're a part of, including the church building that you go to because of the way that you love? And I know you've always been about empowering people over instead of overpowering people. Yeah. And you know, in, in in university, especially in seminary, they teach you this dumb, stupid phrase that like church is not about coming and seeing, it's about going and being. And I believe in that phrase. However, if you look at the American church, we say that, but we don't actually do it because everything in a lot of the churches I've been a part of, including even here at Hill City, is about that Sunday morning. You know, it's Sunday mornings are the Super Bowl and you build up all week for the Sunday morning, you have it and you can't even really enjoy it because guess what? Seven days later, it's happening again. And it's always about butts and seats and how many people can come and how, how can we grow to see typically one person and one idea with a microphone. And man, it's not about going and being, it's about coming and seeing. And I, I really, I, I love that you say that Sundays will be a part of what we do. It's just no longer the pinnacle because it really challenges us as a staff to reframe what we are doing throughout the week. And if it's all in this effort to make Sundays great, and I do believe in making Sundays great, but if that is where 100% of your focus and energy is, then maybe you're missing what Jesus actually calls the church, and maybe you're missing the opportunities to love well. I was listening to one of our friends on a podcast. His name is Taylor, and he was using this story about phenomenal piano player, really good singer, and he was talking about how his mom came into his room one time while he was in high school and interrupted his practice And he said in his spirit, he was thinking, mom, how dare you interrupt me? Don't you know I'm worshiping the Lord? And she interrupted him to take the trash out. And he said on the podcast, he said, I I was ticked off in the moment, but I didn't realize that the greatest way that I could worship the Lord was serve my household as a student. And it was like, 
wow, like, yeah, we think about this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in here worshiping That's the so Lord. Good. But one of the greatest ways you can worship the Lord is by serving your community. And so, yeah. That's what we're about. Yeah, I know in the Gospels, Jesus tells a story about someone who even comes to, at that time, the temple. He wants to come and worship, just like you're talking about God, but he has something against his brother. And Jesus is like, man, you better get out of there and go actually reconcile and make it right with your brother. Like, those are the important things. That's how you can truly worship me. You can show that you love God by how you love people. That's what First John, uh, the whole the whole book of First John yeah. kind of picks up on is that, Worship and loving God looks like loving people because if you love people, it shows that you love God. Yeah. People's church phrase and slogans are like love God and love people. It's actually love God by loving, loving people. people. And, you know, people want connection, but it doesn't have to look like the Sunday mornings that we, and especially in American culture, have grown to just know. Um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, I think one of the largest and fastest growing church was CrossFit. You know, we make fun of people that love CrossFit, can't stop talking about it. I would say today in 2022, the the largest growing church in America right now is pickleball. Everybody wants to play pickleball, learn about pickleball. Uh, we have every single park in Southern Indiana has construction or already did construction to include pickleball courts into yep. their parks. And that's just the thing. And so like, yeah, what is church? Well, church is the called out ones, at least according to Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah it's not a building. It's you and I together, yeah. right? It's the called out ones together that make up the church. And I also believe that this that this phrase, church, Ecclesia, it's also not only called out ones, but it's like the governing body that God's given authority to, to begin to change and reconcile a region, not mm -hmm. just people, but the land to bring... Um, economic stimulation to make a difference and impact in every area of life, not just the spiritual area, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so I think it's important that, that we recognize that as called out ones, as the church, that also means that we are sons and daughters. And you've heard us say on the podcast too, I had someone ask me if I think that everyone is the church today. And I kind of told them, well, not necessarily. I do believe that every single person is a son or daughter, is a child of God. They just might not know it. But I don't think you actually move into that arena and realm of the church until you recognize your identity as a son and daughter and then become responsible in the yeah. kingdom of God. That, that responsibility piece, when you recognize that and pick that up, I think that's when you cross over into being the church. Yeah. I mean, the gospel, which literally just means the good news, was a declaration that the kingdom of God was at hand, as Jesus said. And Paul tells us in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And the reality is, is you and I, and I've used this language and was really challenged on it a couple months ago from a different podcast, and I've kind of adopted the language, is you and I cannot build the kingdom. It's already here. It's already built. We can only participate in it. And so that's kind of what we wanted to do for the rest of this podcast is how then, if you're not going to go to a physical church building, and again, you have permission to not go to church. Now, now we do have a church service and we believe that it's full of life and we would encourage you to be a part of it, but only if it does give you life. But how then do you participate in the church or in the kingdom of God yeah. here on earth if you're not going to go to a Sunday morning service. Yeah, as the church. And this is where the irony comes in yeah. because what we have for you in how to participate in the kingdom as the church, we just came up with four Gs. We actually go through this in our Next Steps class for the people that come and want to be a part of yeah. 
Hill City and the ministry here and what we're doing. But the first G is simply to gather. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's so um, much beauty in people coming together because it speaks of community. And of course, one of our core values here is we do not do life alone. Mm-hmm. Like we need each other. We belong to each other. We are the body that every, right? It says every joint, that connection supplies what movement to the body. And I really believe that it doesn't have to necessarily look like a Sunday morning service, three songs and a message. I think that can help. Mm-hmm. I know I appreciate it. I like it. I still love sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I still, but I still do love to come, but not everybody is in that same place. But I will also say you also don't need to be a recluse and isolate yourself Yeah, because that is not the church. Yeah, It is a gathering of people looking to make a difference in each other's lives and in the community yeah. where they're making a difference. And I think part of that is some kind of intentionality around gathering. Yeah. The second one is grow. Again, you said this already, but you, I, I firmly believe you cannot grow in isolation. There are uh, a lot of people that are critics in your, in, in your life. And there's a difference between a critic and a coach. I would call you a coach in my life where whenever I hear any criticism about me or who I am, I take it to you and you either say, Hey, that's fair. You need to maybe evaluate that and maybe grow a little bit in that area. Or you'll say, no, you can disregard that. That person doesn't know you. That's not fair. And that causes growth either or in my life. And you cannot grow alone. You need people in your life to, in other words, hold your hands up like Aaron and Er when it was Aaron and Er, her, her, Aaron and her, when they held up the hands of Moses, I know it was a terrible story because that was about death. But anyways, you need people in your life to help you, especially yeah. uh, when you're in the dumps, but also to celebrate with you because celebration isn't fun alone. Yeah. And I, I would also add to that, not just to celebrate with you when, you know, you're rejoicing, not just to weep with you when you're weeping, but think about the people that are in your life that tick you off. Yeah. I would say, good. Yeah. What is it in you to respond by being ticked off? And maybe that's the area, the exact area that you need to grow in. Yeah. I'll go back to the, my favorite parenting book of all time, how, how children grow parents. And it's always like when I am reacting because my kids are misbehaving, that's something about me, not something about them. Yeah. Very so there is some element about gathering that's important. We come together also to grow. And then we also come together to, and all these kind of flow within each other to use our gifts. Mm -hmm. We've been given gifts by Jesus, who is the giver of the gifts through the Holy Spirit. And I believe we use these gifts to, to serve others. And we can't necessarily grow in that gifting by ourselves. I think it's important for us to realize that if we have the gift of teaching, well, where is the outlet with the people around me that I can use that gifting? If it's hospitality, how can I invite people over to show them hospitality that they might not get on a regular basis? If it is leadership, how can I gather around people to use that gifting? It's not done in isolation. And so not only can you grow in maturity, spiritual maturity, you also grow by using your gifts and you use gifts in the context of community Mm -hmm. that you build. Yeah. I love that. And that goes back to using your gifts to empower people, not to overpower people. And the last one is to give. And again, I want you to be really clear here. 
I would encourage you not to give to the church that you're a part of if it doesn't give you life. Give to organizations that are participating in the kingdom. Give to organizations that you believe in. Give to organizations that you're passionate about. Now, I would encourage you, why are you in a church that doesn't give you life? And why are you in a in a meeting on a Sunday morning? Why are you in that kind of church space if you're not growing and building and connecting with people? I, w- I would give to that organization because you believe in that organization because the things you don't support die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that are alive in any type of context right. need financial support. And so uh, the heart of Jesus is generosity and you're never more like Jesus than when you're giving. He gave his life. And so I would encourage you to support something. If you've pulled back your giving because of, um, and we, we, we've done whole podcast episodes on the tithe and what we actually believe about that. Uh, I don't, but we don't believe in a tithe, we, but we do believe in generosity. And the irony of that is since I've stopped tithing, I've never had a year and we stopped tithing in 2016. I've never had a year where we didn't give more than 10% of our income because we stopped just using the yeah. word tithe and we are generous towards Hill yeah. City. We're also generous towards some individual people. We're generous, some organizations that we believe in. And so, yeah, yeah you're never well, more well, like Paul Jesus. Paul says, right, uh, what is it, Second Corinthians 9? Do not give begrudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. And everybody wants to pick up on that cheerful giver part, but I love the word um, uh, like impulsive. Like yeah. it's not something that you just do on a whim. It's not something emotional you are very intentional that I want to be a generous person. And so where can I give Yeah, and what do I want to be a part of and participate in? Because like you said, what you don't support goes away. Yeah. And if you have an opinion about something, man, you should be financially supporting it. And that's in all areas of life. So like when people post, Hey, you should go to this GoFundMe. First thing I do check to see if they give. (laughs) And if they didn't, I'm not giving, even if I believe in it, which is Maybe I have some work to do yeah. <laughs> in my heart. So there, you, there it is. You have permission to not go to church. And what we, we mean by that is the Sunday morning service. Yeah. Now, the irony is that we would hope that you find a life-giving community that you love to show up to. And it's not done out of obligation, but you do it because it's been transformational in your life. And you want to be around people that grow you, that you can use your gift in, that you gather with, and that you give to it because you really believe in it. Yeah. Do we want to talk about some of our own personal frustrations with even this advice that we've given? Go ahead. Maybe. It, it's ironic because we, we say you have permission to not come to church, and then we have, I have, a couple of friends that stopped coming to our church, and it's like, oh, okay. And, and I get it, and I believe in it, and here I am teaching on it, and then I still have to deal with my ego when people don't become be a part of it. Yeah. And you know what? There's still my good friends. They're still doing ministry Monday through Saturday, exactly what we're talking about. One of my friends just says, yeah, like I don't, I don't find a purpose in the service aspect. Like I don't need more sermons. I need to apply what I already know. And you know what? I applaud that. Yeah. But it's still the level of maturity that they got to then. Yeah. yeah. Good. But then it still, it still hurts a little, like, you know, I still take it personally still, and I probably shouldn't. Yeah. They can still but, grow. We can still grow in it. And yeah, it, it is, frustrating a little bit yeah <laughs> but we're because we're still trying to figure out what the church of tomorrow looks like because if you are a part of hill city we've canceled uh four services of the year on sunday mornings we don't meet we are actually doing service projects with some of our ministry yeah. partners Over in our gathering own city in community gathering and in community. a party in the park yeah party in the park or most of them have been service projects yeah. so like let's get our hands dirty 
And I've been a little disappointed with the attendance of that because here we are trying to get away from Sunday mornings. It's almost like people rather do Sunday mornings because it's easier to just sit in, to show check up it off, yeah. and and then go on your way where the things that we've been doing, you actually have to work, sweat, get dirty, and go home, shower, and it's not easy. And so there's been this little tension of it, but we're still trying to figure this out, what the Church of Tomorrow looks like, because I do think that it is going to be less and less about butts and seats and services for us. Uh, again, it'll yeah. be a part of what we do, but not the pinnacle. We're still trying to figure that out. So. Yeah, it won't be about butts and seats. It'll be about us as the church being a part of the community in a greater way. Yeah, and, and if you have ideas, that. if you have ideas, send them our way. Our emails are available. Our phone numbers are available. Yep. Um, we've already shared that on the podcast. If this was an interesting conversation, share it with a friend, dialogue with it, and then give us some feedback because we want to hear that because we would also love what you think the Church of Tomorrow should look like. Right, and with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 